Welcome back, loyal listeners, and welcome new listeners to Uncle Recaps. We are here today for Season 4, Episode 8, Woo. I'm Jen, and with me, as always, is my wonderful husband, Steve. Hi, everyone. You forgot to say How I Met Your Podcast. Dang! <laughs> this is why I don't do the intro. So I invited Jen to do the intro and reminded her how I started, and then she informed me for the first time that she doesn't like the way I do the intro. <laughs> I've told you that before. That's not... No, you haven't, actually. <laughs> yes, I have. I've made this argument before. No, you haven't. So, my question, listeners, and feel free to chime in, is who is a new listener halfway into season four? And if you are, then I will eat my words. But my guess is if you're here, it's not your first time, at least today. And I had a counter anecdote that somebody I work with listens to the episodes we do after he's seen an episode on TV, I guess. But this still wouldn't be his first one. It could be, because he could have just turned on the TV. It's season four, episode eight. So in that one scenario, one episode. (laughs) Well, it could be any episodes. That's why I always started that way. Okay. So if this is your first episode listening to us, please let me know. So I or eat my words if need be. Or rather, if there's any episode that wasn't the first one, it would be making the same argument. Yes, but I feel like not in season four. Okay. Um, Nothing like starting a podcast with an argument. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a fine job, and when you come up with a better intro, I'm happy to let you do the intro. So it's only the new listener part that you don't like. Yes. Okay. Because welcome to all of our loyal listeners. And welcome to any new listeners. I just don't think you're out there. (laughs) (laughs) And if you are, stop now. Go back to the beginning. (laughs) And then catch up with us 54 episodes in. Or however many. Where are we now? 100 episodes? No, we're like... 80? We just passed 70. Oh, okay. I knew we just hit something. (laughs) So we're at 72 or 73 now? Probably 72 since we're on an even number. And all seasons end with an even number. Do they? Yeah. Fun fact. It's 22, 22, 20, and I think this season's back to 22. Okay. I don't know if all seasons, all seasons so far. Okay. Cool. Only little bit of news I picked up. One, I saw that Neil Patrick Harris is going to be on a new show, and this is strange. This caught me off guard. He's going to be on Australia's Most Talented, or Australians Got Talent, something like that. Interesting. Which is presumably a show in Australia. I could see him being on a U.S. Mm-hmm. contestant show like that, but in another country that... Is he just like a one-time, or is he going to be like... Could be. It seemed to me like he's one of the judges. Huh. Interesting. I was watching, re-watching for how many ever times, although I haven't seen it for a few years, Eurotrip. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the scene in Eurotrip where the... There's the robot in France outside the Louvre, and they get into a mm-hmm. robot fight with him. Yeah. That is played by the guy that plays not Moby. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the same actor. <laughs> Funny. Now, did you recognize him as not Moby? Or did you happen to like just look up IMDb for... I remember your... reading something a while ago that it, the actor playing the robot wasn't who I thought it was originally. Originally, I thought it was, and I'm not remembering the actor's name. But the guy that comes on to How I Met Your Mother in later seasons as Victoria's oh, fiancé. Yeah, I thought it was him because it kind of looks like him. So every time I saw that movie, I thought that. And then at some point I read it wasn't. But I think I forgot that it was the guy that plays not Moby. So did 
not Moby have hair in this that you were confusing him with Thomas Lennon, or did you just assume it was a bald Thomas Lennon? He his head is covered okay. in like a robot head top sort of thing. Okay. So you couldn't really tell either way. Gotcha. But once I knew it was him, then I, I could see it. So after all that exciting news, why don't we go ahead and get started here? Let's do it. Woo girls. Or just, it's I'm just sorry, woo. woo. I like this episode. I did too. It wasn't quite as funny as I remembered, but yeah. I think I'm tainting myself a little bit by the way that I'm printing out the transcripts now. I have to like go in and like shrink them down. So I'm kind of like reading the episode before I watch the episode. So I don't know if that's like tainting some of the jokes for me. They're not hitting as brand new anymore. I'll say two things about that. One, I had trouble finding a favorite joke because there wasn't many iconic things in this episode. So there wasn't any real huge laugh out lines. But I did notice that the things that were the most fun were the things that were big surprises Mm. in this episode. And I'll point some of them out. And already knowing that they're coming takes away from it a little bit. Right. So, yeah. And then my alternate is, you know, having the transcript that I have to rewrite. And that takes a lot longer. So it's it's a toss-up of what's the better way to to handle the transcript issue. Mm Mm-hmm. We start off with the narrator recapping us a little bit, and we're in 2008 here, about Robin, how she's unemployed, she's adrift, and she's struggling a little bit in her friendship with Lily. We start off at McLaren's. Robin's telling Lily, oh, well, she starts off mentioning that Marshall has to work late, so they should have a girls' night. Lily already has plans with a friend from work named Jillian, and Robin has a negative reaction to this. She looks a little sad as Lily announces this. And Lily asks her what's wrong. Robin says, you know, she's never heard of this Jillian, and suddenly it's her best friend and can't shut up about her. Right. So Robin's, you know, feeling a little possessive here and I guess feeling like she's not getting enough girl time that Marshall's always around when they're trying to hang out. And she gives a couple of examples. One where Robin's retelling a story. It's a little raunchy. Marshall walks in and she becomes very coded in the way she's delivering the story. and then, But Marshall decodes <laughs> it right away and says that you and the guy in the mayor's office did it in the building, <laughs> did it in the UN building under the desk of the ambassador of Zaire? Cool. <laughs> and this happens again where he decodes that. Right. Well, first of all, Robin says that, you know, she wishes they had more girl time. She loves Marshall, but he's always talk blocking her. I like that line, that expression, yeah. talk blocking. Yeah, pretty good. So Lily invites her to come out with, you know, Jillian's birthday event. So Robin agrees, but then tries to explain something to Lily, but Marshall and Ted walk up, so Robin starts to speak in code again, and Marshall immediately deduces what she's talking about. In this case, a yeast infection. Poor Robin. Barney walks in. He's pretty excited. And approaches Marshall, starting off commenting that this is going to be the last time they're competing for title of best friend. Ted affirms Marshall is my best friend. <laughs> we get another, you know, sort of denial moment of Barney that that's not the situation. And <laughs> Barney says, is it correct that you are an architect? <laughs> Ted uh, rightfully points out, my best friend would really know that, but go on. And wants to know what he's currently designing. Right now, he's designing the New York Public Library. Robin thinks that's great, but no, what he meant was the new public library in York, North Dakota. We get sort of a Midwest shaming 
comment on the books that are there. Mm-hmm. Barney says that he thinks they're going to love or Ted's going to love what happened at work. <laughs> we, we start off with a meeting where Bilson, the great Brian Callen, is delivering a speech, something about... The bribes destabilized the regime, caused the death of most of the royal family, but did lead to looser banking regulations in Rangoon. So, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's another hooray to evil speech (laughs) that he tends to give or someone's giving at that company. And then he mentions that they are going to move forward with the new headquarters for Goliath National Bank downtown. Ted wants to know who's going to design it. Barney already asked that. They're going to go with a Swedish architectural collective called Sven. Ted knows this Sven. And he hates them. And they show a little flash of Sven on the cover of Architecture Vision Weekly, which Ted has referenced in the past. Barney also hates Sven because they're French, even though they're (laughs) Swedish. I kind of like the line, you know, we're so cool with our baguettes and our Eiffel Tower. Marshall's like, you know... Sweden isn't France. We've gotten this from Barney before, sort of the (laughs) everything is Chinese food or Indian food or whatever it was. Right. Barney just brushes aside. Oh, it's France. Barney then goes on to describe how he gives this patriotic speech. He keeps interrupting himself to make it sound better, (laughs) including patriotic music, and how it would be terrible if this job where it could go to a hardworking American architect instead of a bunch of French guys. (laughs) <laughs> Bilson points out that no one hates every other country in the world as much as he does, but isn't sure what Barney's Yeah, I really to. like that line, <laughs> especially the way he delivers it. Listen, Stinson, no one hates all the other countries in the world as much as I do. You better have a point. <laughs> so Barney has pitched Ted, and they've agreed to hear you know, Ted's proposal. This would make Ted a hero to his firm. And then Barney and Marshall realize that Ted can be on the conference call if he gets it, and they can all work together. Turns out the conference call is just where Barney and Marshall interrupt a meeting that one of them are already in to say there's a conference call. They go up to the roof and they drink beers, and apparently Barney throws beer cans at pigeons. Now, I have to say I'm actually deeply disappointed in myself that I have not picked this up as a strategy for when I was in the office. To come in and interrupt somebody and (laughs) say they're... It's time for the conference call. What would you then go do? Go to Cheesecake Factory. I mean, this was me and everyone I worked with in the 90s and the aughts for going outside and having a cigarette. Right. They'd just replace it with beer and a roof. <laughs> Except we'd do it like 10 times a day. But would you say I'm taking a smoke break or would you like make up something? We usually have a code like uh, you want to go get a breath of fresh air <laughs> or you want to go burn one, which isn't quite as That's coding. not very coded. <laughs> that actually sounds worse because it sounds like you're about to go smoke weed. <laughs> but we didn't. So we get a scene of Marshall and Barney on the roof. Where Barney says, we're, basic, we're basically madmen. <laughs> yeah, Marshall agrees, we're such madmen. Barney's about to go smack a secretary on the ass. Marshall agrees they would totally do that on the show. And <laughs> Barney says, what show? It's, it's not the greatest joke, but I think the first time I heard it, it was kind of funny. I think it's funny. It was, I mean, Mad Men was just out. I don't even think I had seen a Mad Men when this episode aired. Yeah. Because I know, started I it late. I don't know that I would have guessed it was even around in 2008. This is where Barty mentions he throws crumpled 
a beer cans of pigeons. Marshall says he doesn't. <laughs> but Ted wants to. <laughs> well, Ted said, I would love to do that. We can't really tell if he's talking about the pigeon thing. Yeah, he's probably just talking about wanting to be on the conference call, but <laughs> it's kind of funny that it comes right on the heels of the pigeon thing. I was once with you in Pittsburgh for a wedding. Did I throw something at a pigeon? No. You went to go do bridesmaid stuff, and so I had, like, I don't know, three hours or so to kill time until I was going to drive out and meet you guys at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I was walking down the street in downtown Pittsburgh, and a guy, kind of a big guy, was walking with his son who looked like it was, you know, eight or nine. And the guy just kicked a pigeon, and him and his son laughed. Oh, my God. And I wanted to go up and say something or do something, but the guy was really big and mean-looking, so. <laughs> yeah, you can't mess with the Yinzers. Best, best case scenario, I beat somebody up in front of their son, which is really not <laughs> what you want to do. I'm kind of surprised the pigeon didn't just fly away. No pigeons to get that close. I feel like there's sort of enough trust between them and us. You know, a thousand people walk by them without kicking them. True. That's pretty good odds. That's where I really just bummed me out. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Well, it goes, it's, it's, it's on theme with it is. this show. It is, but like, why are people the worst? That's the only time I've seen anyone do that, so. Thank goodness. So, boo Barney, he gets what's coming to him later. Ted really needs this. After what he's been going through, this really means a lot to him. Yeah. He's always had a dream. He wants to contribute a building to the skyline of New York City, and now this is getting him an opportunity to do that, so he's really excited. He wants to say to his kids, see that? That right there? That's mine. Robin and Lily enter a bar. It's called Giddy Ups. And Robin's confused that her friend has a birthday party there. She asks if she's 19 years old. It's a cowboy bar, and it's very themey. Mm-hmm. And Lily's actually incredulous herself. She doesn't think that her friend's anything like this. Probably didn't know what this, was, what this bar was all about. I want to also say and point out that Lily's shirt is horrible in this scene. <laughs> it really it's is. It's very tenty, and it's got, it's like it's got a Joseph and the Magnificent Coat of Colors kind of shirt. And a parrot. Okay, a pair of two. Put a bird on it. <laughs> I, I first thought that maybe she's pregnant in real life during this scene, mm-hmm. and that's why they put that top on her. But then in the rest of the episode, the show, the episodes, or I'm sorry, but then in the rest of this episode, she's wearing slimmer shirts. So hmm. it was just a bad choice, I guess. Weird. And we start to meet Jillian, played by Jamie Lynn Sigler from... Soprano fame, and all her friends, and they have sort of this habit of, we hear the first of many sexualized affectations towards each other being yelled. (laughs) So she says, Lily, come here, you sexy bitch. We've got bottle service. Right, and Lily is just blown away. Everybody else woos. Right. Lily did not realize that Jillian was like this in her non-school persona, and she's... Just baffled that she's a woo girl. Yeah, and so we get an invented name, a woo girl. <laughs> Have you experienced a set of woo girls, Jen? I'm sure I was a woo girl at one point in my life. Like a certain song came on and you and your friends all screamed? Yes. It might not have been woo, but it was some level of It may have been some wooing. Okay. Yeah. I think this was a lot of 
young women in the early 2000s. <laughs> they kind of make fun of this on Friends, too, where a couple of girls mm-hmm. walk into the coffee shop and see Rachel, and they all scream, and then they keep saying things. One of them got engaged, and they all they scream, got, and one yeah. of them got vice president role, and they all scream, mm-hmm. and one of, it's either Monica or... I think it's Monica Phoebe and Phoebe goes, are both. Look, I have elbows, and they, they scream <laughs> right? and make fun of them. It's the same exact concept. Yes. Ooh, think, another comparison with friends and... All right. Yep. I'll okay. I think my woos have now been replaced by yays, but I do believe at one point that I was a woo girl. Ted takes a break to tell us what a woo girl is. And I'm not going to go into his description. In fact, there was... I didn't really like his description. I, oh, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I didn't like it when he was talking about the... The cuckoo or the whip The whippoorwill. The whippoorwill. Yes. So the woo girl gets her name from the sound she makes, like the cuckoo bird or the whippoorwill. Yeah. Didn't do anything for me. I think it's in the I could live with that one. I think that was the only line I didn't like in this whole episode. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, and then, yeah, narrator Ted explains the different ways that a woo can be elicited. Or triggered. A certain song coming on the jukebox, half-price shots. And it's, I like how it's... I like how it's Sweet Home Alabama, and <laughs> Jillian's like, oh my god, this song is totally about me. <laughs> right. And so, yes, it's just emphasizing how ridiculous woo girls can be sometimes. So, yes, the half-price shots, riding a mechanical bull, <laughs> for thinking that you forgot to feed your cat, but then remembering that you did. Yeah, it goes a little far here. <laughs> Lily swears that at school Jillian is not such a woo, or so woo. She seems so unwooey. And I like Robin's line that, you know, she doesn't look wooish. Maybe she's only observed some of the high holidays, like Mardi Gras or spring break. Or maybe she's a cultural woo. So they're <laughs> right. clearly replacing woo, Jew with woo, because yes. those are both things that you would describe a Jew as, a high holiday Jew or, or a uh, cultural Jew. Yep. The other stuff they do with woo seems, I think they're trying to go with a Dr. Seuss mm-hmm, All rhythm. the rhyming. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get there. Ted's working at his draft table when Barney walks in, and Ted wants to show him the work he's been doing. And like Barney, Ted, it's incredible. Details, shadows, the, li- the liveliness of the lines. This is exactly what Princess Leia would look like topless. <laughs> see, again, that's a surprise. We don't right. see that coming, and that's why that's funny. Right. So that's Ted's way of saying thank you, and he wants to know if Barney wants to actually see what the building's going to look like, and Barney doesn't care. <laughs> right. Marshall walks in and tells them that Lily just texted him that he's at, she's at Giddy Ups with a bunch of woo girls, and we get a classic Barney... Comical run. <laughs> yeah, out the out. door as fast as could be. Jillian is telling them her boob popped out. I guess she then replaces it with, I did it on purpose, I got us free shots. A free drink. And Robin asks Jillian about work, and then Jillian gets very serious about the rye method. And then her song comes on, and then they dance, they woo and dance. And we, we get a little more... You lazy skanks, you dumb whores. You mm. sexy whores. Lily but, tries to play along and calls her an ignorant hussy. <laughs> and everyone just looks at her strangely. She kind of kills the mood every time with her attempts. Right. She's not good at this. And then Barney pops up. And it's one of those classic Barney shows up way faster than he should have mm-hmm. been able to. Because Lily Aldrin, you... You sly minx. He says that for years their gang needed a woo girl. Lily doesn't think so. And then Barney gives us a speech. 
<laughs> right. Without Woo Girls, there'd be none of the things that Lily holds dearest, like Girls Gone Wild, bachelorette parties, Vegas poolside bars, s- souvenir shot glass industry would collapse, the body glitter industry. Hummer limos. <laughs> right. Tiny cowboy hats would only be worn by tiny cowboys. And when Brown Eyed Girl happened on the jukebox, you don't you would hear Silence. Silence. Except for and Brown Eyed Girl. Girl. <laughs> I really like that line. And his delivery is really good on it. Lillian speaks up and asks who wants to name her boobs. <laughs> like Barney's. Well, excuse me, I have a date with Hannity and Combs. <laughs> <laughs> Hannity and Combs to you youngsters was a sort of a crossfire team on Fox News where Hannity's obviously the heavy conservative and Combs was the liberal and they debate issues back and forth. Hmm. I did not know that. Obviously Hannity's still with Fox. I don't know where Combs is now. I'm sure he's broadcasting out of some network. All right. We're back at the apartment. Ted's hard at work. He really immersed himself as the narrator says in work. And finally it was the time to present. So we get the tail end of Ted presenting. You know, it seems like it goes well. But then later at the bar... Or outside on the stoop, Barney gives him the bad news that he didn't get the, the job. Yeah. Oh, you're Sven right. They won. are outside. They're outside the apartment. And as they're standing there, baffled by Sven winning, a limo goes by with... <laughs> a stretch Hummer limo, no less. Yeah. With Robin standing through the roof, yelling woo. In a cowboy hat, <laughs> drinking straight out of a bottle. Ted wants to know why they chose Sven. Barney says he tried everything to change their minds, but they would not budge. And he's sorry. And Ted laments that, you know, this he needed this more than he thought. He's having a real tough time. Yeah. So Marshall suggests that he goes and pees on the GMB building. <laughs> so stupid, but it actually made me laugh. I liked it. <laughs> Barney gives him a beer so he can fill the tank. <laughs> right. So Robin walks in, sees you know the guys leaving, wondering what's going on. You know, Lily tells her that Ted didn't get the job, but that's not the biggest disappointment of the day. Right. So she confronts Robin about the woo thing. She was seen wooing. So yeah. So now we, we get a little bit of yeah the the Doctor Seuss ishness. We saw you woo. Saw who woo? Saw you woo. I didn't woo. You did too. That's not true. Your nose just grew. <clears throat> now the tables are turned. So what, you're like best friends with Jillian now? So Robin points out that, you know, Lily's married, Robin's still single. She feels like the third wheel, and sometimes it's fun to go out with other single women and do things that Lily doesn't want to do, like woo. Right. Then we get a little more Dr. Seuss. You want to read the next one? <laughs> like what? Like woo, Lily. Like woo. I can woo. That's not true. I can too. It's just, just not, not you. you. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting back to this married versus single discussion about how one envies the other. Mm-hmm. And so Robin's sad because she doesn't have much of a life right now. She's single without single girlfriends, and now she found some. And Lily feels like, you know, she'd like to be a part of this a part of this side of Robin's new life, but she doesn't she shouldn't need to because she's married. So we've gotten this back and forth many times in the show. Mm-hmm. Especially with, between these two. Right. We're back at the office and Marshall sees Wilson going by and gets his attention and you know says that he understands that he chose Sven, but 
Ted Mosby's talented and he would have done a hell of a job. Bilson actually corrects him and says that he knows he voted for him. Then we cut to Marshall interrupting a meeting Barney's in and tells him... Um, it's time for a conference call. Now. But Barney, Barney's in the meeting is discussing how the bank's going to now call ATM fees freedom charges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that's sort of a weird... I, it goes along with the theme of nobody hates other countries as much as I do. <laughs> right. But I feel like we're, you know, this is 2008. It's not 2002 where we were calling, we, we tried to change French fries to freedom fries. Right. So th- that's a little late to that kind of cultural reference. But okay. Still thought it was funny. Marshall confronts Barney up on the roof. And at first Barney thinks that it has something to do with a girl named Heather. And had sex with Heather on his desk, I guess. That's the assumption. Now, isn't Heather Ted's sister's name? That sounds right. Again, this show, these writers. <laughs> I mean, we, we ought to keep a tick sheet of how many times they reuse a name. <laughs> and Barney sort of almost did things with Heather in his office on a desk. Mm-hmm. Or they were, well, maybe they on a desk. They pretended to. But yeah, they pretended to. But So Marshall wants the backstory. Ted, we get the flashback. Ted finished his presentation. They thought it was great. Barney doesn't think that they even need to meet with, and then the lights go out. And then we get quite a show. Yep, there's three Svens in Yeah, I don't think Sven. I ever noticed this before, that they're all named Sven. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and so this presentation was tailor-built for Barney. Yes. It's got lasers. It's got pyrotechnics. It's got... It's talking about how much women want to be with them and men want to harm them. Talk about how virile Barney is. <laughs> and then there's a, there's a little bit of magic where they just make a puff of smoke and the, the model appears. It's supposed to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It doesn't look like one. It, just, <laughs> it, it looks like a cactus-shaped dinosaur. With a lightning yes. bolt through his lower neck. This is, I mean, this is so utterly ridiculous. <laughs> and then there's like floating G and B letters like rotating around the top of the dinosaur head. Right, like it's a cartoon news building. <laughs> and in Barney's desk, which will, or Barney's office, which will be in the head of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, there's going to be a button that when Barney pushes it, fire breathes out the mouth of the dinosaur building. Yeah, before we get to that, they talk about, you know, he'll be in the head of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and he goes, I've never known it till now, but I've always dreamed of that. <laughs> I don't know why, that, that kind of line's always funny to me. And, yes, there's a button, I like Sven, press it, press it for glory! <laughs> right. And Barney's just so excited, and it breathes fire, and he's just in awe. And then, just to top it off, Sven lets him know there's a strip club in the letter N. I mean, that thing's spinning too fast to have a strip club in it. And also, would they decide that a strip club goes in a bank building? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is really fantasy land. (laughs) This is so utterly ridiculous. It's funny. Yes. Marshall's really mad at at Barney, accuses of being a horrible friend, and... You know, Barney tries to argue that it was the better building, but Marshall knows that it was just because he wants to work in a head of a Tyrannosaurus. And then we get kind of a lame, you know, no, I picked it because it breathes fire, Marshall. Fire, Marshall. Get it? It's like a Tyler joke. Oh, yeah. And then Marshall 
gets serious very quickly and again accuses him of, of how selfish he is and he doesn't want to stay up there and do the conference call with him and drink beers. One, because, you know, he's pissed. And two, because pigeons are smarter than he thinks. They're resentful. Right. Or so actually, that's one, I think. Yeah, one was pigeons are smarter. And then two is there's repercussions to screwing over a friend. Mm-hmm. So he closes the door on Barney. And- but before he does, he coos out of the pigeons <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as a call to arms. And then one pigeon flies up, and then a whole bunch more, and there's, like, scary, scary music. music. <laughs> I think it's going for, like, a, a birds, the birds, mm-hmm. a Hitchcock homage. That makes sense. We're back at Giddy Ups. Yeah, and so get... Robin's there with Jillian and the rest of the crew from the birthday party. Again, Jillian starts off serious. She's raised charity for children's illiteracy. And... I think everyone kind of... We get a solemn woo. woo. (laughs) A serious woo. And Robin says she just earned herself a ass-first ride down the dance floor Spank Canyon. (laughs) And then Lily shows up. They're all wooing their way out to the dance floor. Lily shows up in a kindergarten-level-sized fireman's helmet. (laughs) She didn't have a cowboy hat, and today was fire safety day. I hope she checked it for lice this time. (laughs) Hmm. It's a good look. It's a funny look. Mm-hmm. It worked. And then Lily, you know, is trying to play along with the girls, and there's something about a song coming on. This is our anthem. Yeah. Oh, my God, bitch, this is our anthem. <laughs> Robin is clearly Calls not buying out. it. Yeah. We go back to the roof of GMB, and Barney's now up there with Sven, the Svens. <laughs> right. They're so much cooler than Marshall. Marshall doesn't even own a unitard. <laughs> and... The Svens are confused. Yeah. They're not, they're not there to be his buddy. Right. They want to know where the conference call is. When they realize there's not one, they start doing push-ups, so they're not wasting their time. I wonder if they knew that was the moment they lost the account. <laughs> so we're back at giddy-ups. We're getting some more slut bitch talk. They keep changing up the language a little bit at each other. Mm-hmm. Slut, skank, bitch, whore. I guess we're going to have to put an explicit on this episode. <laughs> He says they're a bunch of prostitutes, and they must have all all have STDs. Again, ruining their mood. <laughs> right. They all leave to go dance with another. Woo. Robin tells her she shouldn't be there. Lily thinks that it's because she's married and because she's some sort of loser because she's married, and Robin corrects her. We get back to the same old speech, but the point of it all is... These girls are wooing because they're hurting in one way or another, and they, they sort of need this artificial excitement, just mm-hmm. like you and your friends did, I suppose, before <laughs> you met me. Um, I never wooed again. <laughs> and so we, go, we do a little round table of why, what all the women are thinking while they're wooing. One cries in the shower, another can't get a second date, another... Jillian thinks that maybe she'll never be a mother. The other's in love with Jillian. And then a nice surprise of Ted coming through. Right. And Ted says, my career and love life are headed nowhere. Billy says, the poor girls. And And Ted. Ted. (laughs) But Robin says she's like them. Yeah, so when she needs to woo, she has people to hang out with. But when she's ready to be serious and have something real, you know, Lily's her best friend. And as Lily's saying that she promises to dedicate more time for just the two of them, 
Marshall doesn't need to tag along all the time. Marshall just pops in. <laughs> With a pink cowboy hat on? Yeah. Barney enters, lets him know he fired Sven. He almost talks himself back into hiring them again after he starts right. to describe them, but then stops himself, or, or he sees Marshall and stops himself. And Well, I love the, it's just so good from NPH. He does that, like he's starting to head down uh, the path, and he's like, no! <laughs> Gets himself back on track. <laughs> he says some funny, like, voice or sound effects during this, like when Marshall says, it's time for the conference call. Barney goes, and like runs out of the meeting. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's funny. So Barney says the search committee realized they made a mistake and that he's a, Ted's important to them and they want him to be happy. <laughs> Ted's like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess Ted never caught on that Barney is the really the entire search committee. Right. So Barney starts to to head down the path of trying to tell him what happened and then Marshall just butts in and says, you know, it was Bilson's fault. You know, Bilson wanted to have the dinosaur head office, but Barney convinced him otherwise. So Ted woos. Yeah. That was only his love life. It was a disaster. Barney wants to know why Marshall helped him. He said he, you know, did the right thing. He deserves a buy, if you will. Right. And he didn't want to bum Ted out since he's pretty happy about getting the account. But then Marshall eventually cracked. We don't see this. It happens off screen. So they tie Barney to a mechanical bowl and set it on paint mixer. I don't think they let the patrons at the bar... I wouldn't imagine so. Set or, the speed of somebody on the mechanical board. Or let somebody be, be tied. there. Yeah, be tied or be on it for three hours. And I don't think it counts as a record if you're tied to it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems with the, this little anecdote. So, but yeah, it's a little... That, you know, Ted starts asking Barney if he's going to ride the bull. Barney says, not if you paid me. I have an inner ear thing. So clearly he did not enjoy his time on the bull. And he has some comical fall-down moments afterwards. They weren't great, but it was, I don't know. It, he, was, it was funny enough. He, he, he really worked hard for those. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's off the bull, and then the girl that's in love with Jillian is trying to convince her that yeah, maybe they should have a threesome with a guy. Yeah, she's trying to start a soft pedal uh, sexual experience with her. And right. Jillian thinks, okay, maybe if we find the right guy, hey, maybe. And then Barney's hearing this and trying to get over <laughs> Barney's him, desperately trying to get to the table and just keeps falling down. And they suggest maybe Ted. They got to see if he's still there. So did, I wonder if Ted had his second three-way here. Did he earn a double belt? Yeah, it's unclear if Ted was still there. How we'll many, never know. How many three-ways does this guy get? Well, I hope Jillian and that girl live happily ever after. I hope so. We never found out her name, but... <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think I rank this? Oh, oh wait. I don't have our ranking list. They're right over there. 37. Pretty close. 41. Nice. My favorite joke is probably Bilson's line, look, nobody hates every other country more than me, but get to the point. <laughs> what about you? Mine, I think, is just the whole, the whole presentation of the building, because it's so ridiculous, and Barney's the, the response fan, to it. Yeah. presentation. The dinosaur, spitting the fire. What do like. you think of their dance moves? That's fun. <laughs> the dance moves were pretty good, too. Like, it's just so ridiculous. Like, I, I think that has to be my favorite. <laughs> the only line I didn't really like was the cuckoo bird or whippoorwill. I did not care for the fission, non-fission for the New York Public Library and wherever it was, okay. South Dakota. Yeah, I didn't care for that much either. I, I, I didn't mark it down as a line I didn't like, but yeah, I'm sort of neutral on it. I'm going to go ahead and read 
our email from Danielle. Danielle writes, Hey guys, I'm really excited for the Ted, Marshall, and Barney saga. It was a pretty solid episode, but one I usually skip. And to, to her point, I often talk about rewatchability. And mm-hmm. uh, I can't tell if this one has, I can't remember if this one has rewatchability. I think it does. I think, I think I'd rewatch this if it, if it was on in syndication. Th- there's enough good scenes in here where I think it would pull me back in. She goes on, the best joke would be Marshall getting all of Robin's vagueness. Yeah, I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. And the worst joke would have to be the ending scene. Too much of a cheap joke. And I'm guessing she means the, the Barney. falling down. The Barney falling down or the Barney on the mechanical bull. Mm-hmm. One of those. All right. Thanks for writing in, Daniel. Tell folks where they can find us. You can find us at RunkleRecaps.com. Email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at Runkle Recaps and on Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore. All right. Well, I have a date with Statler and Waldorf right here. <laughs> so I will talk to you guys next week when we cover the naked man. Oh boy. Bye everybody. The naked man. <laughs>